Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is called My Children. Here we go. If you don't like my children, then you can't be with me because my children come first. They are my main priority. My children are my heir, the reason why I breathe. They are my gifts from God and mean the world to me. My children bring me lots of joy amidst sorrow and pain. When my world seems to fall apart, they help to build it once again. Now, please don't get me wrong. There are days when I must escape, but every parent has those moments when they need to take a break. They push me beyond my own expectations, although they know my imperfections. They bring out the best and worst in me. I'm so glad they love me unconditionally. My children are a reflection of how life takes different directions. It's my love and nurturing that they need. A great mother is what I want to be. So if you don't like my children, you cannot be with me. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And today is going to be very heavy. Let me put that out there now. So if you are one that is easily triggered, this may not be the podcast that you need to hear (laughs) for that very reason, because I am going to delve into a subject that a lot of people try to avoid. Here we go. Today, I would really love to talk about forgiveness. Now, this is one. I know I tell y'all that I improvise 99.9% of the time, but this one is so packed that I had to take a moment to process because it is very near and dear to my heart. And it is very, very, very (laughs) um, close to me. So it's one of my, so one of the subjects that I've had to literally delve into, that I've had to apply, that I've had to practice, that I've had to be mindful of. Um, especially while doing the shadow work. And so um, I may get emotional. It's okay, because this is a one of the things that is it can potentially if if mishandled can be a trigger for me. So if you are a person that is easily triggered, (laughs) I have a whole lot of other episodes that you can listen to that are less heavy. However, for those of you who have been listening to my episodes quite regularly, you know that I like to provide the definitions of the words that I use instead of making an assumption that everyone who listens to this podcast um, is family with the definitions or is familiar, I'm sorry, with the definition of these words. And so please allow me this moment to break down what it is. Um, that I'm going to discuss on today. Let's find out what forgiveness means, shall we? So per the Oxford languages, forgiveness is the action or the process of forgiving or being forgiven. In simpler terms, if you ask me, I would say forgiveness is the act of forgiving someone. 
So please understand, someone isn't only referring to another person. It includes you too. Now, I get the importance of forgiving other people. However, with that being said, I strongly believe it is even more important that we start with self and that we start to forgive ourselves or with forgiving ourselves. So, because I have experienced the need to operate in forgiveness for so many years, many, many times on various occasions, I wanted to talk about this one subject. I have forgiven friends over the years. I have forgiven family members over the years. I have forgiven ex-boyfriends over the years. I have forgiven colleagues and even strangers, as well as my children. But sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is to forgive ourselves. So today I wanted to use myself as an example and talk about a time when forgiving myself was absolutely necessary. As a parent, I have always wanted the very best for my children. Well, a few months ago, while doing my shadow work, I began to unpack some of the unaddressed baggage I have been carrying around in my mind, in my heart, in my body, and in my soul. What I discovered was that I unintentionally inflicted a soul wound on my children because I refused to address some of that baggage. How exactly did I do that? By not being consciously aware of the damage my own personal decisions would cause my children over time. Did you know that trying to be the perfect parent has the potential to damage a child. Maybe I'll talk about the perfect parent syndrome in a later episode. But yes, in your efforts to be a perfect parent, it could potentially damage your child. But what I also discovered the hard way years ago was when I lost my three children in a custody bout in a custody battle. This caused me to develop the perfect parent syndrome while raising my three younger children. So I started sheltering my three younger children by default. The fear of losing custody of them was so great that I took them just about everywhere I went. They could not do sleepovers. They had to go, they had to get good grades. Um, The list goes on. I allowed my past trauma and my past experience of losing custody of my oldest three children to be the primary reason for raising my three youngest children differently. I became overly protective. I developed the perfect parent syndrome over time. It was not my three youngest children's fault that I trusted the wrong people. Nor was it my three youngest children's fault, my oldest children's fault, the three oldest children. It wasn't their fault either. So once I became consciously aware of the error of my ways, I went into overtime attempting to resolve some of those unresolved issues with my children. So even though this is saying a few months, it, another layer has been removed but or addressed. But I've actually been dealing with this whole process for a major amount of years major it's been a long time so when I lost custody of my children 
um, every time it's kind of like an onion. Every time a, a layer is being peeled, then I'm addressing those issues. So this has been going on for years. It's just the past few months as I've dug deeper because you have to literally be mentally prepared for the things that you discover when you're doing the work. You have to be emotionally, psychologically, mentally, and sometimes you think you're prepared. And then when you start to unravel some of those things that have happened to you, then you might be at a standstill because it's just too emotionally, um, it hurts too much or it hurts too deep. So then sometimes you got to pin it, cope with those feelings that surface and then try again. And so um, this is really what I've had to do in terms of the most recent. So that's why I'm saying months. But in all actuality, I've been dealing with this for years um, in my own little way. So sometimes I'll seek a therapist. Sometimes I'll seek a godly counsel. counsel. It just depends on the season that I'm in with my children. So I just want to make sure I put some clarity in that. Um, but because my children are much older, um, what I have done anytime that I come into a new revelation of how I may have potentially damaged them or caused damage, then I will take time out to call and have a dialogue with them, apologize to them, let them know where my headspace is at or was at at that time. Um, and so, yeah, so pretty much I took a moment to call them. In order to acknowledge the error of my ways and to apologize to them for not considering them or their feelings, as well as how they would be impacted by my choices. I acknowledge that there um, were times soul wounds. um, Sorry, y'all. There were times soul wounds. S.O.U.L. Were inflicted upon them. And for those of you that don't know, um, whenever you are parenting a child, it doesn't necessarily come with instructions and every child is different. So how you care for one child, that same measure may not be needed for the next child. One child may need a whole lot of attention. One may not need as much attention, but they all need to be loved. And so you may believe that because you are loving them all um, that you're doing a fantastic job. But if the attention is not there, then you could actually be falling short and it could potentially cause a soul wound um, for that child. And so even in an acknowledgement, if a child comes to you and tells you um, this occurred and you're nonchalant about the occurrence and you don't validate their feelings, that could also cause a soul wound. Or if there's two parents in the household and you file for divorce, um, you may think that the children are okay, but children handle divorce differently. They look at divorce differently. And so you may be thinking, oh, okay, you know, I'm divorcing you. That's all fine and good. But it may have unintentionally left a soul wound on that child and damaged that child because in their minds, their first world of coming into this world is seeing both of their parents. So to cause a shifting in that or a break in that, it could also shift their identity in the way that they look at themselves. And a lot of times we're not aware of how our decisions impact our children because we're operating from a selfish intent and not really even considering them. Um, And so that also will inflict a cult, can inflict 
a soul wound on your child. Um, it could very well do that. And some are intentional and some are unintentional. The death of a parent is unintentional. Intentional is, um, well, the, that list, you can look it up because it's a lot. <laughs> so let's, let me stick to the forgiveness. But anyway, so, um, my intention was never to hurt my children, but due to my not understanding how being overly protective could cause damage because there were times I was only thinking about myself and my own reputation. I made mistakes in some ways. Um, my ignorance and my inconsideration caused collateral damage to my children. And even though not all of them were available to talk, I made it a point to at least send a text to let them know. Um, and I'll never forget when I sent a message to my son. I, at first, I sent a text kind of like giving him a heads up. Then I called him. And when I called him, he he literally broke down crying. And I was just telling him that I, I created a false expectation of perfection because I had lost my three older children. I created this this bubble for me and my three younger children because I did not want a, the same thing to happen again. I couldn't go through that again. And so um, in doing so, per, being perfect became part of the criteria and so um, I was very, very hard on them when it came to their grades, their attendance, just all of that. And so um, when I expressed how I acknowledge that I failed in that arena to understand that these children did not, my children, the younger three, they did not, they're not the reason why I went through what I went through with my older children. And yet they suffered because I became overly protective because I did not want them to be stripped from me as well. And so in doing that, it caused more harm in a lot of ways than good. But I was unaware of that until I started to do the work. And so on the outside, people were like, you're such a great mother. You're such a great mother. You're such a great mother. And I had worked hard to be just that because when you lose custody of your children and you're told that you're an unfit mother, then you do go the opposite and you try to do everything that you can to be a perfect mother. So I didn't understand the dynamic of that until looking at it hindsight. And so once I saw some of the damage and I got the revelation of what could have potentially happened to my younger three children, I literally went in overtime trying to do the work. So that's what this is about. So I addressed the issues as soon as I came into the full knowledge and understanding of where it was that I may have caused a soul wound. But if you never knew this, soul wounds do exist. Some of them, again, may be intentional. Others may be unintentional, but they are wounds nonetheless and all the same. Some wounds may never heal. And I asked my children to please forgive me. Only by the grace of God, they have. Then I needed courage to turn around and forgive myself. I say courage simply because forgiving yourself can be one of the hardest things you can ever do. Over the years, I have heard people say to me, it's not always about you, Teresa. Well, tell that to my alter ego. <laughs> Because there have been plenty of times when I wanted it to be all about me, 
whatever it was in that current moment. And forgiving myself needed to be all about me because I needed to make a conscious decision to do just that, to forgive myself. And some of you may never understand this, but for me, losing custody of my three oldest children and two separate custody battles when they were ages eight, four and two caused a huge soul wound for me. That soul wound will never heal. However, I have learned how to manage the everlasting impact that experience made on all of our lives, both individually and collaboratively. I had to forgive myself for not knowing better at the time so that I could have made much better choices. I had to forgive myself for being so naive. I had to forgive myself for believing that when someone told me that they were for me, I believed them and found out the hard way that that's not always the case. I had to forgive myself for not seeing the forest for the trees, so to speak. I had to forgive myself for not being all that was required of me during that season of my life as a parent, which had I been more aware, this may have helped me to continue to have custody of my three oldest children. I had to learn how to parent them from a distance. And that brought on even more challenges than before, emotionally, financially, mentally, physically, psychologically, and even spiritually. There were times that I questioned my relationship with God. There were times that I blamed God. There were times that I was angry with God because I could not wrap my brain around losing my world. And my children were and have always been my world. I went from my oldest three children being all I knew to being forced to pay child support for two of the three children. God most definitely was with me during that dark season of my life. Although I have heard time and time again that the Bible says it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I certainly couldn't find that scripture when I needed it to stand to stand on for my own life. Therefore, I didn't understand how it applied to me and my circumstances in that season of my life. Maybe I suffer for that very reason. Only God knows. This revelation took time for me to come to, and it has been an extremely painful process. Nevertheless, <clears throat> however, if I intend to break generational curses, I must start with myself. Wouldn't you agree? Or do you disagree? Either way it goes. It's all good. That's just one painful example of when I needed to forgive myself. And if you are listening, I am still in that process. That may never go away. I may always have a feeling of not wholeheartedly forgiving myself. Um, there's certain, there's just certain wounds that get inflicted on you that you, no matter how hard you try to heal from it, they remain. So then you are finding yourself having to live with the pain. 
And so have you taken a moment to forgive yourself? Your testimony may be 110% different than mine, but have you taken time out to forgive yourself? Whatever that looks like for you um, is different for, it's just different for everyone. And it's not always one particular incident. You can have a plethora of incidents where you've needed to forgive yourself and maybe you've opted to play the victim or maybe you've opted to beat yourself up or maybe you've however that goes but there in order for you to truly heal you got to be willing to forgive yourself in my opinion once you have made peace with yourself I truly believe it will make it easier to forgive someone else I read somewhere that psychologists will generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to let go of feelings of resentment to release those feelings of resentment. Forgiveness is a deliberate decision to let go of attempting to take vengeance in your own hands toward a person or toward a group who has who you believe has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. Please understand if you can, forgiveness does not mean that you forget how someone has hurt you or caused you harm. It doesn't mean that you forget. It also does not mean that you condone the behavior of the individual or the individuals involved. And it definitely does not mean that you are excusing those offenses. It merely means you are choosing to forgive them, not always for them, but it is always for you so that you can be free to live in peace. Forgiveness is not necessarily for them at all. Did you know that when you forgive someone, if you allow your heart to remain open to any and all possibilities over time, that you may even find yourself showing compassion towards the very person who hurt you? Maybe even empathy or compassion towards them as well. From my personal experiences, forgiveness has, um, excuse me, from my personal experiences, forgiveness can cause you to soften your heart rather than harden it. And next thing you know, you find yourself desiring the very best outcome for that person. Imagine that having a softened heart towards someone who attempted to destroy all of you as well as any opportunity for you to see a greater outcome for yourself. But if you are a believer, you already know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in condemnation will be condemned. So how I see that is even on their best day of trying to destroy you, God says, if he be for you, it is more in the whole world against you. So I encourage you to trust the process, no matter how painful it may be for you at times, because God truly has the final say if you believe. I've had to operate in faith when it came to losing custody of my children. I did a thing. I prayed. I prayed so hard. And I I didn't prepare to share this with you, but I'm going to share it with you because I believe it's been instrumental in my being able to heal. 
So when I realized that I could not control what was happening to me and losing my children, my three oldest children, I prayed so hard and I knew that I was going to have to figure out a different way to parent my children. And I didn't quite know what that looked like. I didn't even understand what that looked like at the time. And so I prayed and I was like, God, I need you to show me because now there is a distance between us because now I can't get to my oldest daughter the way I would love to. I need you to show me how to minister to my children so that they know that my love is, is everlasting. I need you to show me. And he said, every time you part from your children, I need you to start giving them three kisses. And I was like, three kisses? He said, yes, one for the father, one for the son, and one for the Holy Spirit. And so it sounded a little something like this. Every time I would hang up the phone, I would give them their three kisses. Every time I would see them, I would blow them the three kisses. I always made it a point to give them their three kisses. And God told me that he would do the rest. I operated in obedience. Fast forward. I am now the proud mother of a grandson. And being able to be a part of my daughter's journey while she was with child goes beyond words. She needed her mother. What the devil meant for bad, God meant it for my good. Where I could not be the best mother when I initially had my children because I was still learning who Teresa was. God reversed the curse. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's not finished with this testimony yet, that there's more to come. But when your oldest child has dilemmas and you're the first person she calls, God is at work, in my opinion. When you're able to laugh together and cry together and pray together, when you send messages and your child is like, mom, I needed that, when you hang up the phone and then they call you right back and say, you forgot my three kisses and they're grown now. <laughs> God is at work. So what the devil meant for bad, God meant it for my good. I have been ostracized in ways that only God knows over the course of my life. I have been lied on, spit on, mistreated, abused, Verbally, physically, emotionally, on so many different levels by people that called me a friend, that people that said that they were my friend, that people that said that they were a parent figure to me. I have been truly, truly mistreated. And I've gotten to the point where I just no longer wanted to be the victim and I really wanted to become the victor because. If his word stands true, 
that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in condemnation shall be condemned. How would I know that if I didn't go through something? How would that be a testament to my life if I didn't go through something? I didn't want to go through losing custody of my three children, not in any way, form or fashion. But you know what? It happened. I was told one thing and something else manifested. And maybe that's the reason why trust is hard for me, because there's been so many people that have walked into my life and told me what their intentions were only for me to find out that those were not pure intentions. I've been gaslighted. I've been deceived. I've been lied to. I've been lied on all of those things. And because I did not have those same intentions, because I've never intended to stab someone in their back. I've never intended to tell them one thing and do something else. I've never intended to betray or deceive. I've never those have never been my intentions. It was very, very hard for me to see people that I trusted doing the same to me. But it happened on more than one occasion. And so I've just gotten to the point that instead of me keeping those experiences bottled up inside, there could be somebody out there going through the very same thing that I endured. I'll never forget. There was a friend of mine that um, she discovered that the man that she was married to was having an affair. They have three beautiful children. And when she discovered it, he had a whole other apartment that he was dwelling in to do his extramarital affairs. And so when she discovered it and confronted him and they went through a divorce because he made more money than her. He ended up getting custody. But God is so faithful because what she did when she started going through the custody battle, she remembered my testimony. And she called me and said, Teresa, he wants custody. And because I knew how painful it was to lose custody of my three oldest children, I knew the pain that she was going through all too well. But I was able to offer wise counsel based off of the information that I had gained and the knowledge that I had gained going through what I went through. And my advice would be is was actually different than anybody would pro have probably thought, because initially after, you know, knowing what I went through, losing my children, you would think that I would say, girl, fight, girl, fight, girl, fight. No, that's not what I did. Because, see, I fought. I fought as hard as I could and I still lost. I told her to surrender it to God and I told her to prepare herself for the worst case scenario. So what I told her to do was, let's just say you do lose custody of your children and you have to pay child support. What is the one thing that you wanted to do before you ever conceived your first child? She told me that she wanted to be a nurse. I said, so we're going to reframe this so that you can prepare for the possibility of losing custody of your three children. And I told her, I said, if nursing school is what you want, then I need you to start looking at nursing school. If child support is what you're going to have to pay, because I did it. If that's what you're going to have to pay, I need you to see how much money you need to make in order not to feel that dent. 
But I need you to take this time when you do, if you do lose custody of your children to take care of you. Make yourself a priority. Do the thing that you wanted to do before you ever conceived your first child. Go back to your first love. Focus on that because it's going to hurt for you not to have those children around. But figure out a way for you to maximize the situation so that on the end, you're going to shine brighter than you ever did. Fast forward. She lost custody of her children. She then had to start co-parenting. She took my advice. She went to nursing school. And while she was in nursing practice, she met her now husband. Now she's married. She's happily married. And she is in a position of power. And she's able to say, nope, this is your weekend. I need you to adhere to your weekend. She's able to say those things. She's able to stick to her guns and she doesn't feel any ways tired. Now, had I had someone to give me words of wisdom at the time that I was going through my custody battle, maybe things would have been different. But I didn't have anyone giving me words of wisdom of how to survive something as devastating as losing custody of your three oldest children or three children at all. So I didn't go through that situation in vain. I know that now I didn't know it then. And I'm grateful for the experience now. I wasn't grateful then because it wasn't for me. It was to help someone else. And so I'm, I'm glad. And not only that, my relationship with my children has been restored. And one of the most beautiful things for me to see is how my three youngest children and my three oldest children, how they interact with each other. You would think that they were raised under the same roof. God did that. God did that. And then on top of that, not only did he do that, my older children said, mom, even though you didn't have custody of us, you made it a point to bring us around the younger three children. You made it a point to bring us around certain relatives. You were intentional. I'd forgotten about all of that. So even in the midst of my pain, God was still getting the glory. It might not have felt good, but he still got the glory. And I was able to mend bridges. So the people that caused me that devastation, I can still intercede and pray for them. I can still see them in a crowded room and greet them with love because it was literally about God getting the glory. It had nothing to do with me. And because I know whose I am and who he is in my life, I truly believe that is the only reason why I'm able to sit here and talk about this very painful experience. But this is going to conclude this episode. Um, but before I do that, I wanted to bring something else to your attention concerning forgiveness. Um, were you aware that there are five different stages that you can apply to certain unforgivable situations if you desire to forgive someone or even if you don't? <laughs> um, let me take a moment to share them with you. You could pray about this or study it more in depth during your leisure time if you would like. One, take time to view the situation from all angles. Take a moment to reflect on the situation. Try to remain open-minded. This is not a space of judgment. It is a space where you sit and see. Two, allow yourself to see things from the other person's perspective. Attempt to walk, quote unquote, walk in their shoes for a moment. You may not be able to stay there long, but try to see things more than one way. Three, ask yourself, is there a lesson to be learned here? I had to do it. 
when I lost custody of my three oldest children. I had to ask myself, why did it happen? Why did I learn? What did I learn from the experience? Truth be told, in asking myself those questions over time, I became more consciously aware and I made the necessary changes quickly. I sought counseling. I sought help from my family and friends, and I sought peace in a situation that was no longer in my control, under my control. Four, do your very best to let it go. There is liberty in letting go. Seek it. I pray you find it. But please, if you are thinking of letting go by ending your life, please get help. Please don't make a permanent decision behind a temporary circumstance. Why did I bring this up? Because during this dark season of my life, I did contemplate suicide. I could not imagine my life without my children in it on a regular basis. This not only broke my heart, it broke my spirit. They have always been my why. So when your why is stripped away from you suddenly, your will to live may be stripped too. Don't stay there too long. Allow the thoughts to pass through you. Acknowledge their presence, but don't make a room for them to dwell in your mind forever. That's torture. Honor the thoughts, whether good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, but please do not allow that stinking thinking to make you make a huge mistake. Remember, there is always a rainbow after the storm. Wait for your rainbow to appear in your life. The storm will eventually pass. Trust the process. Don't abort the process. There are lessons in the storms. And five, decide where you go from here. What will your new normal look like? What steps do you need to take to transition into your new normal? Once you make the decision, write it down, make your vision plain, and then begin to do the work so that you can see your vision come into fruition. Be encouraged. For those of you that are believers, there are a few scriptures that I wanted to share because sometimes we just need a word. So the county, the country living Bible says in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Luke 6.37 says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. This is what I'm going to say about this particular passage. A lot of us, once someone has offended us just one time, forget seven times, but one time we throw in the towel. We write that person off. We tell them goodbye in three different languages just to make sure they get the point. Adios, arrivederci, <laughs> au revoir, and c'est la vie. That's life. However, did you know that practicing to forgive can also provide health benefits such as less anxiety, lower levels of depression, and help to minimize hostility? Maybe because now, this is my honest opinion. If you aren't operating in, un if you, if you are operating in unforgiveness, you are bottling all that negative energy up inside. I truly believe diseases are coming from dis-ease. And the more you are uneasy about something, for example, when you are operating in unforgiveness, diseases begin to manifest in your body. So maybe, just maybe, 
we would be much healthier emotionally, mentally, physically, psychologically, and maybe even spiritually if we walked in forgiveness. Just a thought. You and I can agree to disagree. It's all good and it's okay. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Forgiveness is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. And I am by no means, I am by no means, I am not by any means saying that once you forgive someone that you got to be all close and personal with them. Nope. I'm definitely not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that when you are considering forgiving yourself as well as others, you may find perfect peace in an imperfect world. So this will conclude my episode. However, I would like to read a letter to my future hubby, and it's stated February the 20th, 2021. Here we go. Dear future hubby, I forgive you. Let me begin to practice saying these words now so that when I become your wife, it will already be a part of me. I understand oh so well that on our on your best of days, you may do something unintentionally that offends me. I forgive you. My desire is to be the vessel used by God to allow you to show up in our marriage authentically. I understand that you and I will be two imperfect human beings attempting to create a perfect union so that God can receive the glory in an imperfect world. We will not always get things right and learning one another, both individually and collaboratively. We are going to err at times and that is okay. I pray that you too are practicing to forgive. Not for us to create an atmosphere of failures, but for us to create an atmosphere of faith, knowing that according to James 1, 2 through 8, where it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I understand that in our marriage, both faith and patience will be required. Therefore, I am practicing forgiveness now in hopes that we can build our legacy of marriage with the kind of faith, love, and peace that will stand beyond several lifetimes. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Don't forget to breathe. This is a heavy subject. It is not one easily to take in. So make sure that you breathe in and breathe out. So please have a blessed day and do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.